Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, August the 10th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the potential coming conflict between the Hutchinson Administration and the Little Rock Education Association, a federal court ruling on student transfers, and allegations of another debtor's prison in Arkansas. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Oh, so trouble is brewing in the Little Rock School District. Yeah, there's. A, we're recording this Friday afternoon, and the Little Rock Education Association, which is the AEA affiliate, which is the union that has the negotiating uh, responsibility for teachers and other employees in Little Rock School Districts, having a meeting to talk about what appears to be uh, reluctance on the part of Johnny Key, the state education commissioner, who functions as the Little Rock School Board since it was taken over in 2015 by the state, to uh, go along with the, the customary cooperation with the teachers' union on on personnel policy manual and on the, the, the negotiation agreement by which the teachers are governed, the current contract ends uh october the 31st and things have happened and the teachers union is learning things that suggest key doesn't want to renew recognizing the union as representative for little rock teachers uh for one thing there was a negotiated personnel policy manual that was approved last september by the district the teachers and the community advisory board johnny key never signed it well i over the whole school year that was 10 months 11 months ago now, I've just learned from the education department that he did, they say, sign the manual this week. However, not all parts of it. He's still quibbling with some parts about it, and this is this is just kind of a sign of how he's jacking the teachers around. The, the larger question is, they're suddenly fighting four months after the numbers were submitted, the membership of the association. They have to have 50% of the members... Uh, of, They have to have their members represent 50% of the employees of the district, not counting administrators. And suddenly they've claimed that that the numbers aren't good enough. Well, the the teachers' union today submitted to Michael Poor, the superintendent, and he'll submit to Johnny Key uh, audited numbers that show they do indeed represent more than 50% of the employees of the district. But even with all this, I think there's a deep belief that no matter what happens, that Johnny Key's not going to sign another contract agreement with the union. Now, tonight, I, I, I noticed that there was a interview with Channel 11 this afternoon in which, oh, one of the possibilities is they could vote to have a walkout tonight. I don't think that's going to happen. For one thing, they don't have a clear indication from Johnny Key yet just what he's going to do. I think they will wait and see, but the signals are not good. And if he does decide not to negotiate with the union any longer, I do think we will be looking at the possibility of a teacher strike here. I think the teachers have to be very careful, and, and they're talking now that, and they're correct. I mean, these are, first of all, let me say, every single employee of every single job is not a good person. I mean, we have good and bad and everything, but my experience as a father of two kids in the Rock School District were that the teachers have been overall excellent and that the union has been a force for quality education in the district and that kids do come first and so in any future dispute i think this is going to have to be about kids and about schools and about support for education a good working environment is a good place for kids to go to school and so i think the the union's going to have to be careful but there have been episodes in other states this year 
I guess, Oklahoma, Arizona, West Virginia, where people have risen up in support of teachers who are being mistreated by by the powers that be. And I think that's what's at work here. You have to understand that the, the Johnny Key reports to Asa Hutchinson. He's a Republican. Johnny Key was a Republican. They hate unions. The Walton Billions are driving education policy in this state now. They hate unions. They hate the Little Rock School District. They'd like to see it broken up into a privately operated system of charter schools. And so the animus is great. And to add to the the concern on the part of the teachers, I don't think we're near this point yet, but there's a great concern that, uh, and and I think it's been expressed to the teachers by people in position to know that, that there is some support at the education department for taking a, a, a vacant building next door to the new middle school on Highway 10, the Pinnacle View middle, middle School, and making it a high school. Now, we know, I mean, the, the Walton's lobbyists in town has been lobbying for this forever, to have some kind of high school there, whether it be a part of the district or part of the, he wants to bust up Central High School, he wants to put a high school in Western Little Rock, but there's some indication that there may be a fast-track move to turn that into a charter high school. Of course, the Waltons have all the money necessary to buy the building and put a school there. I think at this point, the more immediate concern is the effort to, to kill the, the AEA here, uh, affiliate here. But that's but the, this deal of catering to, to a white community in western Little Rock is, is certainly hanging out there. Uh, so, so what would happen if he declined to renew the contract? Well, if he declined, then then the teachers would be on their own. Now, that's an interesting question, and there's an interesting answer that's not widely known. In fact, state law provides that there has to be a personnel committee to uh, to negotiate and talk about teacher pay and, and other conditions under state law. And in a lot of districts, they don't get formed. The teachers just kind of take whatever the school district comes up with and the school board approves. I think you could count on there having to be a personnel committee here, and I think you can count on the teachers putting forward for that committee the toughest, meanest hombres they could get to deal with the state. And the state might not necessarily be in a somewhat better situation, although given this state, I think they would tend to rule top-down and it would just be a poisonous relationship with people in the district. So, So that's a... You know that's not a good thing, but but you know, so does state law stipulate contracts and how long they're supposed to last, or whether? No, I mean, they, they, well, the state stipulate how long the school year has to be, and of course, you've got to employ teachers long enough to fulfill those terms. Sure, but do, do teachers in all districts have contracts, or only the ones? They have which... contracts, yeah, yeah, but I mean, they generally are pretty much just dictated to them by the school board. Of course, we don't. Have, now the school board would be Johnny Key, and as yet, the state board of education has made no moves toward restoring local control of the school district, which is another thing underlying all this. It's just really kind of a shame, and it's. I, I do think there's a great potential to rally at least the Little Rock school district portion of Little Rock around the notion that we want our school district back. We don't want the Waltons screwing with our schools. We don't want Asa Hutchinson, who has no no stock in this school district to speak of on a personal level, telling us what to do with our schools. We should decide what's right for our schools. And, you know, there's a noble history of the AEA and, and, and Little Rock at a time when schools were in crisis in the 50s and 60s. Forrest Roselle, who was head of the AEA, was one of the sole voices that stood up for the rule of law and for desegregation of the schools. I mean, there, there's a record here that can't be denied of them being on the right side of history here and to 
to treat them as chattel is is wrong, and I hope that it'll be a popular mistake, but you just don't know for sure. A lot of people have abandoned the public schools in Little Rock and gone to private schools and they're not coming back. And, and there's a substantial number of kids in charter schools now, too, and they have their own self-interest. And so it's a complicated political issue, and it is political, uh, as I've written today. I mean, it's going to be an issue. This will grow. I mean, there is going to be controversy from this. Uh, it will become an issue in the mayor's race, and it might become an issue in the governor's race, particularly because Jared Henderson, the Democratic candidate for governor, has made teacher pay and venerating teachers a key part of his campaign and what the education department is doing is sending us a message is screw you teachers. We'll tell you what to do and you'll like it. Uh, so, and, and as a secondary note to this, I want to add in the last month, there've been full page ads in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, by I think it's called the Arkansas teachers association. This is an anti-union scab teachers group that over the year, it's, it's an affiliate of a national organization. It's anti-union. It's gotten a great deal of financial support over the years from the Walton family because it is anti-union. And coincidentally, they've been trying to sign people up in the last few weeks, somewhat built on the Supreme Court ruling in the Janus case, which says you can't compel union dues of, of employees, but you can't do that in Arkansas anyway because of the right-to-work law. And I don't think it's coincidental. I think... I, I believe that the effort for them to enlist new members was also part of this effort to try and drive the LREA's numbers in Little Rock down too low, where they the state could say, "Well, sorry, we we don't we can't certify you as a representative for the district because you don't have enough members." But that's just that's my theory. So, does is the presumption that the LREA has heard from the state? Well, on this, well, just, oh, yeah, well, 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 they've been talking to Michael Poor, who is told what to do by Johnny Key. But I mean, we have, we know, we know for a fact that Johnny Key didn't sign the policy manual for nine months. We know for a fact that they rejected three months late the certification numbers, which had been routinely approved every year for the last half a century. We know for a fact that that they reiterated that fact I have from the state education department spokesman this afternoon that fact that that they have problems with the personnel policy manual and they have not yet accepted their membership numbers do we know what specific problems they have with the manual I haven't been it's just some arcane some ticky stuff that is of no great value uh and we don't know yet if they've agreed to negotiate with with the LERA on a new agreement for when this one expires, October 31st, the the teachers say that there's really not much to talk about. I mean, that they, they when, when Baker Curris was briefly superintendent, they agreed to a new streamlined, much shorter contract form. Uh, they took a pay cut. They supported the, the millage increase that was backed by the conservative forces that wanted to pump the school district full of money in preparation, I believe, for the Walton takeover. Uh, they've done everything that's been expected of them, and in return, they're getting dumped on. Okay, well, let's uh, leave that school issue and move on to another one. Federal Judge Susan Hickey of El Dorado refused this week to allow the Hope, Lafayette County, Lafayette County, <clears throat> Junction City, and Camden Fairview school districts to block student transfers under the state's interdistrict transfer law. Well, this sounds it sounds more complicated than it is. Can I make it? Can I make it simple? Uh, over 
if you go back to the 1950s and 1960s, students in Arkansas had to go to school in the districts they lived in. That was immutable law. There wasn't a way around it. Uh, there began to be a movement uh, to allow school district transfers. It was rooted first in a court case out of Camden or Malvern where, very simply, white parents wanted to get out of majority black districts, and they sued to be allowed to do it. And the changing nature of uh, federal case law, they won some victories that said, you know, you can't merely argue race as a reason to block a school transfer, even though they had obvious segregating effect. Then the Waltons came along, and, and they have been financing the school choice, it's called, agenda, which is, you know, they, they, they want to break up conventional public school districts, whether with vouchers, with charters, with scholarships, with inter-district transfer. They want to unhinge where you live from where you go to school. And the problem has been that over the course, and the law has gradually changed to now, basically nearly every school district in Arkansas is subject to inter-district transfer as long as this district you want to send your kid to can accept you, have, have room for you. There's an exception for districts that are still operating under federal desegregation orders. But this, the state tightened this up still further last year by saying you not only have to be under a court order, it has to specifically say that inter-district transfers were barred. And there's only maybe three or four districts in that in that posture hot springs el dorado maybe maybe one or two others well north pulaski county in in uh, special school district for one well there are these four districts hope camden fairview lafayette county and junction city that were all desegregated under court order while you still couldn't have transfers so when they're court orders, and they're still under court desegregation orders, but there's no specific mention that transfers are barred because they weren't contemplated at the time the orders were entered. The districts want to change the court orders to allow for that because of the changing circumstances. And they ask in court that some 70 or 80 worth of transfers asking these four districts be blocked this year for that reason. Well, this week... The judge said, no, you haven't, I'm not going to block these transfers at this point because you haven't shown irreparable financial harm, which is a standard for issuing a preliminary injunction. And the, and, and that was, she didn't get into the racial issue. Nearly all of these transfers, all but two or three, are white people trying to leave districts that have large minority populations. But the, the districts, because of the way the state school funding formula works, even if these children leave this year, which the year started this week, I guess, uh, there won't be an immediate financial impact. The money from the state is already fixed for this year. That Their loss will be felt at some point in the future. So she just said, the judge just said, for this moment, for right now, I'm going to allow these, because maybe I could, when we finally rule on the merits of this case, that, that this is causing segregation in districts that are under desegregation orders, They've got to go back. I might order that, so that can that can be corrected. I mean, as a practical matter, nobody expects the kids would come back. They would find some way to leave. But all of this boils down to this: it is now increasing. It is public policy in Arkansas. It is state law in Arkansas, and it's encouraged by the state board of education. It's encouraged by the governor of Arkansas. It's encouraged by the state education commissioner that it is okay 
to transfer from one school to another for a white person to flee black people. That that they don't they've changed the rules where they don't even count race anymore on these transfers because something like ninety eight percent of every transfer granted since the school transfer law took effect was to allow a white person to move. I mean it's this is about segregation yesterday, today and tomorrow, to quote George Wallace. And it's now legal in Arkansas and that's that's a sad thing, and it also is going to mean economic segregation too. And it's you know school choice and freedom of choice was a code word for segregation in the '60s. It's now venerated. It's now viewed as a good thing, and I don't happen to think it is. And the studies show that kids who go to school in, in integrated environments, both economically and racially, do better than those who don't. But uh, that's not where our state is at the moment. Okay, to our third and final topic. A legal group has filed a lawsuit on sentencing practices in White County. Uh, District Judge Mark Derrick's court. Mark Doofus Derrick. (laughs) Lawsuit says that uh, the court amounts to an unconstitutional debtor's prison. Well, he's just, uh, you know, unilaterally taking driver's licenses and jailing people who don't have enough money to pay fines and doing all of the things that in courts all across America they've said have constituted unconstitutional practices. And this lawyer's committee that won a settlement in the Sherwood hot check court that said, you know, you do have to take this stuff into account, um, needs to be stopped. And so they've got a lawsuit here in in Pulaski Circuit Court. I I don't know where it's going to go. The judge has not responded uh, to the lawsuit. He's kind of an interesting character. He keeps a menagerie of wildlife out on his farm and got sure. attacked. His family by, does at least. Uh, got attacked by a zebra and he's having a spat with a family member over family property. I learned about today and he, I, I call him doofus because he apparently takes pride in doofus being his nickname and has shirts with doofus printed on them that he wears around town. So, so yes, I think he's earned, earned his nickname. It sounds like to me. Sounds pretty rich. Might, <laughs> might have to investigate further. Okay, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you have? A negative endorsement on the new season of Orange is the New Black. Uh, I quit a while ago. I was oh. thinking about picking back up. Oh, it's so grim. It's so unrelentingly grim and depressing, and they're just it's so hopeless for these women. I, I'm i going to probably watch it, but I, I went through two episodes last night, and I thought, man, this is, this is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm late to this, but I, I've I've gotten quite into Peaky Blinders. Did you watch that? No, no. It's you know it starts a little slow. My friend said that it lost him with all the the barmaid singing, but it's really pretty good. It's uh, about a a gang in in Birmingham, a family of of gypsies who gradually take over kind of the the crime in Birmingham and then moved to London. And oh, I think I'd like that. That it, sounds right up my alley. Fig- I can't believe you hadn't watched it. Yeah, I don't know. What cha- what's it on now? It's what? on Netflix. It's Netflix. I think it may be a BBC, a joint BBC production. Uh, but it's got Syrian, uh, what's his name? I forget what his last name is. He's a famous actor who you'd recognize. And then Tom Hardy comes along later. And a few other, I think, famous people are in it down the road. But it's pretty fun. And it, it definitely gets better and they i think their budget gets bigger it becomes this oh, that sounds good elaborate production with lots of lots of fighting and uh, and boozing and you know all those things it has anachronistic music which sometimes bothers me but i like it in this 
Oh, and and this this kind of really goes more back to news, but everybody ought to read Benji Hardy's story this week in the Times about the sort of forgotten 60,000 people who've lost their Medicaid coverage in Arkansas, apart from the work rule issue. I mean, I mean, the, we're spending less because fewer people are being covered. That That's a fact. Yeah, and, and this I, is a, I, an untold story. And, and so don't don't buy the spin you're hearing from the governor about how they're saving money. They're without pain. It's they're saving money with pain to to real human beings. And 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 there's there's a lawsuit coming. By the way, I, it was expected by today. hadn't been filed yet, as far as I know. But there is going to be a legal challenge to the to the work rule, like the one that was filed over the work rule in Kentucky. And so there's and it'll be in the same court that decided the Kentucky case. So. Things may change here. Okay. Yeah, read that in the Times, but that's an Arkansas nonprofit news network story. And Benji reported on it because he, through grants, has been able to report on this for more than a year and knows it better than anyone in the state. So um, if you believe that we need more journalism, think about contributing to Arkansas nonprofit news network. Yes, yes. by the way. Thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We're on Spotify now, if that's more convenient for you. Very good. Check us out. See you next week.